Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13. If you want to stand, you can. I understand you're probably tired on Wednesday night. I shouldn't have let you sit down so early. But, uh, Everybody got it? Say amen. And if you will indeed obey my commandments that I command you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, he will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. Father, thank you tonight for your word. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to notice in this <clears throat> passage, God was speaking to Moses and the children of Israel, of course. He said, if you will indeed obey my commandments that I command you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul. God sets up a principle out and says, if you will do this, if you will love me, if you will obey me, if you will uh, obey me with all your heart and keep my word, keep my commandments with with not only your heart, but with your soul as well. Then in verse 14, he said that he will give the rain for your land in its season. The early rain, the latter rain, that you may, may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. Now, I wanted to start there because I want you to understand uh about season. Uh, all of us go through seasons of life. We go through different times in our lives. Some are, you're in a season now. Uh, you're either coming out of a season, going into one, or you're, uh, some, we're all in a season. It might be a good season. It might be a season that you'll be glad when, when it is over. But all of us are in some type of season. And God spoke to Moses and said, I want you to tell the children of Israel that if they will keep my word, if they will obey me, if they will walk in my commandments, this is what I'm going to do. And, and he said, I'll give the rain for you uh, and, and uh, for your land in its season. I'll give the, the former rain and the latter rain. That form, early rain uh, would always fall somewhere around October, September, October uh, over there. <clears throat> and the reason that the early rain was so important for that, that uh, area was that the ground would be parched dry. It would be dry, and when these early rains would come, the early rain would come, uh, and after these early rains came, then they would go in and prepare the land for planting. And then God said, <coughs> not only will I give you the early rain, which would come in, in the fall, he said, but I'll give you the latter rain. So if the early rain uh, allowed them to prepare the land for sowing, the latter rain would come around March or April, and that latter rain would, would help their crops to mature and take them on into harvest. Now remember, all of this is that God was speaking to Moses and them was, was <clears throat> actual reality. The people depended on the land. And God said, you depend on the land for your sustenance, 
But if you will obey me, I'll bless you and I'll bless your land. <coughs> he said, I'll, I'll provide the early rain and the latter rain. And uh, he said, uh, I will bless your land and, uh, and, and I will bless the season that you need in order to produce what you need to produce in that season. In other words, there will be a season that I will give you the early rain that will allow you the opportunity to sow some seed. And then there in the next season, I'll provide the latter rain, which will cause those seed that you've sown to bring forth harvest. And so as we, we look at that, we need to understand the Lord began to speak to me this morning and said, I want you to understand that what worked in one season will not work in the next season. And I think there are a lot of times that, <clears throat> that we get frustrated in our walk with God because we don't understand uh, that, that God is wanting us to recognize there's a new season that's here. There's another season that's here. And, uh, and, I, and I wrote this down, uh, that what gave you comfort in the past season may cause you discomfort in the next season. And what I mean by that is, and we can apply it literally, uh, right now in this season that we're in, a good warm jacket, good, good warm fire, uh, and, and just being able to get a blanket and curl up in the recliner in front of a good hot fire, that feels good right now. But over around July, if you get a jacket and a blanket and a good fire in your fireplace, what brought comfort to you this season will bring discomfort to you in that season. Why? Because the seasons have changed. So what we need to recognize, and I believe that what God is wanting us to discern in the time that we're living in now is that the seasons are changing. The discomfort that you're feeling right now might be because God is saying the season is changing. You need to recognize that what worked for you yesterday is going to bring you discomfort today. And, and what brought you joy the other day might not fulfill what you need today. Why? Because the season is changing. You see, with the children of Israel, God said, I'm going to give you this early rain, and there's a specific thing that has to be done in the early rain. And that specific thing that has to be done is that you have to break the field up and sow the seed. If you fail to recognize the, the early rain and the season of the early rain and don't sow your seed, then the latter rain is just going to be rain. It's not going to bring you a harvest. I believe that what God is wanting us to recognize tonight is to understand the season that we're in. You remember the story in the book of Exodus about Moses. Moses had a great call on his life. But before Moses ever met God at the burning bush, before he ever had that encounter at the burning bush, he lived in the palace. And while he lived in the palace, even while he was in the palace, he had a call on his life. The Bible says that there was a day that Moses came out, and when he walked out, he saw an Egyptian taskmaster abusing one of his brothers. And the Bible specifically says that Moses looked around and thought nobody was watching, and he slew the Egyptian. 
probably in Moses' heart, he thought that he was doing a good thing. <clears throat> and maybe even perhaps in Moses' heart, Moses already recognized that he was going to be a key that God was going to use to bring deliverance to the children of Israel. But what Moses didn't recognize was that what he was doing was not in season. So what he did was he stepped out of the season that he was in, trying to step into another season that God had was going to prepare for him and kill the Egyptian, and wound up he had to run for his life. So, to make a long story short, many times we try, we know what God wants us to do, but we try to make it happen. There is nothing more miserable than me trying to make something happen that I know that God wants me to do, but I fail to recognize that it's just not God's time. It's just not the season that God has ordained for me to step into that. And so you can, you, can, you can step ahead of what God wants. But the key to what I want to talk about tonight is I want us to be able to understand the season that we're in. I... <clears throat> I want to give you another example of, of missing the season. Uh, you know, you can, God can have you in the right season. He can have you at the right place at the right time. But the enemy can have the wrong people, or, or I should say the enemy can have the right people around you. And those people will cause you to miss the season that you're standing in the middle of. And so what I think that God is doing in our midst is that God is saying, you're in the middle of a different season. And God began to speak to me this morning about the season that I was in. And God began to give me some some, uh, some mandates that that this is what I want you to do in this season. It's going to be different. It's going to be uh, out of your comfort zone. But this is what I want you to do in this season. And so as I began to think about that, <clears throat> I began to recognize that that the season that we're in is going to require some shifting and some moving. But yet it's in that season, that is where our blessing is going to be found. It's in, it's in the, when, listen, when we recognize the season and we do, we till the ground like they did in the book of Deuteronomy and prepare the ground for sowing, then we can expect the harvest to come when the latter rain falls. In Numbers chapter 13, <clears throat> if you want to turn there, Numbers chapter 13. I apologize for my throat, scratchy. I'll take it. <clears throat> In Numbers chapter 13, is the story <clears throat> again? Thank you so much. Numbers 13 is the story of the children of Israel <clears throat> that <clears throat> have come down, they've been walking in the wilderness. And now the whole time God has been telling Moses, I'm taking, I'm taking y'all to a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm taking you to the promised land. 
<clears throat> and so now in Numbers 13, you know the story. They've come down. They're <clears throat> standing on basically on the, the border uh, on the bank of the River Jordan, which represents the border of crossing over into the promised land. You would think that everybody would be super excited and ready to go, and I feel like they were. But the Bible says that they sent out some spies, sent out 12 spies, and the spies went through the land, just spying out the land, checking it out, seeing what it consisted of, and, and, and all of that, and they came back. You remember <clears throat> Joshua and Caleb, uh, were there, and, and the other ten spies uh, brought up a bad report of the land. Joshua and Caleb said, we can do this. We can, we can, we can take this land. It's, uh, we can do this. But the other ten spies, in spite of bringing the grapes back, in spite of all of that, uh, the other ten spies, the words that they spoke to the children of Israel prevailed. Uh, and they, they saw themselves small in the sight of the enemy. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. And so they brought this evil report back uh, to the children of Israel. And the Bible says that, uh, <clears throat> that the children of Israel refused to cross over. They refused to, to walk and to step in to that that God had promised them. And so I want you to understand that when they were standing there that day, they were standing in the middle of a season that God said, this is your season. I brought you to where you are. But understand something, that it doesn't matter what season you're in, you're always going to have opposition to that season. So don't think that just because I'm in my season that I'm not going to hear any negative words. I'm not going to have anybody around me that will tell me I can't do this. I'm not going to have anybody around me uh, uh, that's, I'm not going to have Sister Bucket Mouth that's going to be dumping all over me. I'm not going to have Brother Doubter over here that's going to be doubting everything that I'm saying I want to do. That's going to be. But understand this, <clears throat> that it's in the, in the season. It doesn't matter the season that you're in. It will still require faith to operate in that season. Remember, God said, I'll give you the former rain that will open up the opportunity for you to sow the seed. But when God gives the former rain, you can't sit in your living room and wait on the seed to run out and get in the ground. you got to plant them. you got to walk in faith. So when we talk about the children of Israel being there, this was their season. God had opened the door wide open. God had said, the promised land lays before you. All you got to do is go in and possess it. But instead of them going in and possessing it, they said, we, we can't do that. We, based on what the majority has said, we can't do that. And so the Bible says they refuse to go. God told Moses, he said, if you'll step aside, I'll smoke this bunch up right now, and, and we'll, start a, we'll start a whole new tribe. <clears throat> and Moses cried and begged God, said, God, don't do that and all that. And, and so God backed away from that. And, but you might say, well, that was the end of the story. They missed their season, and they did miss their season, and they paid dearly for missing their season, but that's not the end of the story. If you go down into Numbers chapter 14, you see that along about the next day, the Bible says that the people went up to the top of the hill. 
And I'm paraphrasing. They went up to the top of the hill. Moses looked at them and said, what are y'all doing? Somebody looked at Moses and said, we're going into the promised land. Moses looks back and says, hey, you missed your time. You missed it. That opportunity was yesterday. We're going to go anyway. Moses said, don't do that. You don't need to do it because you missed your season. And they said, we're going to do it anyway. So they, they went, and the Bible says the Amalekites and, and, and the people of the land came down and, and uh, confronted them and killed a bunch of them and sent them back running. <clears throat> what were they doing? They had missed their season, and now they wanted to make something happen to regain lost ground. I'm afraid that there's so many people in our culture today and, and so many people in churches today that have doubted God and they backed up and said, I can't do this. I'm not able to do this. This is not the time to do it. And God is saying, I've given you everything. I've given you every opportunity. I've given you my anointing. I've empowered you. I've given you the gifts of the Spirit. i poured my anointing out on your life. i put you where you are. I've set you in the middle of fertile ground. I've, I've done all I can do. Don't miss your season. But I want to tell you, the ones that have missed their season will make it miserable for those that didn't miss their season. So the Bible says that <clears throat> they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness because they missed the season. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, a very familiar passage of Scripture, says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. <clears throat> I'm sure you know this, but timing and seasons are connected together. And there's a time for every season and a season for every time. You've heard me say this before. It's important that we... <clears throat> Take advantage of the opportunity during the lifetime of the opportunity. And every season has a lifetime. And you might be in the middle of a changing season. You might be in the middle of where, where there's some shifting taking place. And, and you're, you're changing seasons. It's not always easy to change seasons because sometimes... We don't recognize that we need to move from one season to another until it gets uncomfortable in the previous season. And when we get uncomfortable, then we'll recognize, hey, I think God is moving me to another season. But I want to I give you four things about timing and season that I think is important. The first one is planting. Every season has a planting time. Every season has a time when you're sowing things out, you're putting things out, and you're planting. It might be planting a smile or planting a handshake or planting influence or, or something, but every season has a time of planting. Secondly, <clears throat> Every season has a time of growing. Once you move out of the planting time, you're going to move into the season of growing. And this season of growing is going to be a time when, when uh, God, is going to, God is going to, it seems like in this time of growing, that you're going you're gonna to be dealing with things that are going to challenge you. You're going to be dealing with things that perhaps you've not dealt with before. 
You're going to find yourself in places that you're unfamiliar with. You're going to find yourself experiencing what we call those growing pains. But remember that you wouldn't be in the growing season had you not been faithful in the planting season. All right? Understand that God is the God of every season and to everything. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, for everything, everybody say everything. For everything, there is a season. Everything. There is a season. So once I move through the planting and the growing season, and, and, and I think, man, I've got this now. Everything is going to be awesome, and things are looking up. The sun's coming up. I see the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, the clouds are dissipating, and all of, that, all of a sudden, I get into this other season. And this other season is called the pruning season. And that pruning season sometimes is extremely difficult. We've been through a pruning season. Many of you have been through a pruning season in your personal life. That pruning season is what Jesus said uh, when he talked about, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit he said, I cut it off, and, and that you may bring forth more fruit. That pruning season is when God is working in your life, cutting off all those dead branches. And what he's doing is he's preparing you to be able to bring forth an abundance of fruit. He's preparing you to be able to bring forth more fruit than what you would if he hadn't pruned you. And then the fourth season that uh, you will experience is that harvest season. For every seed sown, there will be a harvest. For every time that you sow a seed, there's a harvest. But remember that in between planting and harvest, there's growth and there's pruning. So, how do, we, how do we recognize the season? You might say, well, you know, can <clears throat> I'm not really sure if I'll be able to recognize the season, the changing of a season or something like that. And I, and I was thinking about that today, and I was praying. I said, God, The, the Bible is full of, of people that, that recognized the season, moved with it, and you blessed them. It's, the Bible has got plenty of places where people that didn't recognize the season and, and all of that. I said, so how do, how do I recognize the season? The first thing is that you got to realize that Holy Spirit will always reveal to you the season if you're listening. But it goes even deeper than that. Take your Bible and turn to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. <coughs> 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and... Look at look with me. I'll tell you what, let's look at, at verse one. First Thessalonians chapter five, and we'll start reading with verse one. This is kind of kind of a different scripture, I guess, that you would relate to the seasons. But when I read it, I began to realize, well, this this is this is what what we need. This is what we need to, to recognize. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and 
verse 1, it's talking about the day of the Lord. It's talking about the day uh, that Jesus comes back and, and all of that. It's talking about the end times. But in verse 1, he said, But of the, of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write to you. Huh. Well, pastor is talking about recognizing the season, and now he's reading this scripture. <clears throat> in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Guys, Concerning the times and the seasons, you have no need that I write to you. So you would think that what Paul is saying uh, in that is it's no big thing. Really, I don't even need to write this to you. But he goes on down, and he says in verse 2, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. First verse, concerning the times and seasons, guys, you have no need that I, I don't even need to write this to you. Second verse says, for you know perfectly well that the day of the Lord uh, is going to come uh, as a thief in the night. So I don't need to know the season and the time. I just, I just know that, that the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. That might not, it kind of, when I read that, I said, but, but watch what Paul says. Verse 3, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Now look at verse 4. This is the key. But you, brethren, <clears throat> are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. All right, now I want you to, I want you to get what Paul is saying. Remember, first of all, he said, concerning times and seasons, you don't even need, I don't even need to write that to you. I don't, in other words, I don't need to write to you about times and seasons. He said, but I'm telling you that the day of the Lord is going to come as a thief in the night. In other words, the day of the Lord is going to come, and, and for those, listen, the day of the Lord won't come as a thief in the night to those that are looking for him. The day of the Lord will come as a thief for those who are not expecting him and not looking for him. Now notice what he said in verse 4. But you, brethren, you, you, McCullough, you are not in darkness that that day should overtake you. In other words, Paul said, the reason that I don't need to write to you about times and seasons, the reason I don't need to go and to tell you that, that the day of the Lord is going to come as a thief in the night is because you are not walking in darkness. Because he said, you are brethren. In other words, you are born again by the blood of Jesus, you know Jesus, you have a relationship with Christ, so therefore you are not walking in darkness. You are walking in light. He said, you are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. All right. Verse 5, he said, you are all the children of light. You want to know the season you're in? Make sure that you're a child of the light. Make sure that there's no darkness dwelling in you. He said, you are the children of light. 
the children of day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. And when I read that, Holy Spirit quickened my heart. And it was almost like he said, son, he said, in the season that we're in now and moving into, he said, those who belong to me are, are going to get closer. They're going to get closer to the light. And others are going to drift further into darkness. He said, but it's in the light that you will recognize the changing of seasons. He said, it's in the light. And, and these, these scriptures, your, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path begin to come. The words that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Those scriptures begin to come and Holy Spirit said, son, understand that, that, it's, that it's not complicated. He said, but if you will just simply walk in my light, I will give you the revelation. I'll give you the wisdom. I'll give you the knowledge and the understanding. He said, because everything you need is in my light. And he said, I will illuminate the path that you think is dark. He said, I will bring illumination to it. And as I began to think about that, I, I, I began to understand and begin to see what Paul, the apostle, was talking about when he was talking about the day of the Lord. And because he was talking to people that were concerned about the day of the Lord, they were concerned about the end of time and all of that. And guys, I, I don't know what tomorrow might bring. And, and Lord's willing, we're going to talk more about this on Sunday. But I don't know about tomorrow. But I do know this. I do know that the Bible has told me very plainly about the time that we're living in. The Bible has spoken very uh, pointedly about the seasons that we're going to experience as we get closer to the coming of Jesus. And so I'm not in darkness on that. I'm not, I'm not confused on that. And because I'm walking in the light of God's Word, I'm not going to be caught off guard when something happens tomorrow or the next day. So, one of the keys to recognizing the season that you're in is making sure that you're walking in the light of God's Word. <clears throat> Stay in God's Word. Build that relationship with Holy Spirit where He can teach you and guide you. Second thing is in John chapter 15, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier. In John chapter 15, in verse 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. You go down to verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. <clears throat> Listen to this. I am a branch attached to the vine, of which is cared for by the Father. Think about that. Now, I know this is elementary. But sometimes I have to have elementary stuff to get understanding. Have you ever have you ever felt like you wasn't hearing God? Have you ever felt like that that 
God was speaking maybe to everybody else, but he wasn't saying a word to you. And have you ever found yourself in a place where, God, I really need some direction. I really need you to speak to me. I really need you <clears throat> to give me some understanding and to show me the path that I need to go. And we stress ourselves out and worry over that. Well, am I, am I, is this God's will for me or is this God's plan for me or should I do this or should I not do that or something like that? And we stress ourselves out over stuff like that. Can I bring some peace to you tonight? That is such a big statement that Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branch. And the reason that is such a big statement, guys, is this. That if Jesus is the vine and I am the branch then that lets me know that I take on the nature of the vine that I'm attached to. It lets me know that, that, that when the vine begins to bear fruit, then I'm going to bear fruit. You see, because Jesus said, I am the vine. And my Father is the one who tends the vine. And you are the branch. You can't bear fruit within yourself. He said, but if you will abide in me, you will bring forth much fruit. In that, in that abiding with him, he said, if there's any branches in me that, that uh, doesn't bear fruit, he said, I prune them. I cut them off that they may bring forth more fruit. But the key to it in understanding that, listen, there are times when, when vines are lush with leaves and the greenery is all over them. Uh, my neighbor's got a, a vine right at the end of our driveway and, and, uh, I'm always watching it and looking for fruit on it during the the right time of the year. I guess it's a scuppernong vine or I don't know what they are. But anyway, right now, when I drive up the driveway and I look at that vine, it looks like it's dead. There's not a leaf on it. Certainly not any fruit hanging on it. It looks like it's just dead. I can see the wire that the vine is hanging on. I can see all that stuff, but there's not a green leaf, nor a scuppernong or whatever, nowhere on it. Why? Because it's in a season of dormancy. It's in, it's, in a, it's in a winter season. But what I cannot see is the root system that's under the ground is continuing to grow even when what I'm seeing looks like it's dead. You see, but it's not going to be long that the root will reveal to the top or the top will reveal the contents of the root. Because it's not going to be long at one of these days I'm going to drive up that driveway and I'm going to see some little green buds are going to be coming out. In the time that I thought that that vine was dead and it, was, it would never bring forth any fruit, there was something that was taking place under the ground that I could not see. The root system was continuing to move and nourish that, that vine. And now in the, in the next season, 
the leaves begin to come out. And when the leaves are really on that vine, it is so, it is so thick with, with green leaves that you can't see through the other side of it. And I was wondering this past summer, I was wondering, I said, man, that thing is so green and pretty, and it's not, I don't see any fruit on it. And so my neighbor was out there one day, and I, I walked over, and I said, I said, I haven't seen any, any fruit on this vine. He said, you just hadn't got close enough. He said, you hadn't inspected it close enough. And he just took his hand and kind of pulled some leaves back. And there were clumps of, of uh, scrupernongs just all over the place, hanging there. See, guys, I want, I want to remind you tonight that because I am connected to the vine, because I am connected to the vine, sometimes I feel like I'm not doing anything, and sometimes I feel like I'm in a dead season. Felt like that last week that I was in a dead season and I wasn't getting anything accomplished. Felt like everything was going south when I was supposed to be going north and all of that. But listen, because I am connected to the vine, understand this, that even when you look at yourself and you think that, it's, that everything that you see is dead, nothing is bearing fruit, you feel like you're not accomplishing anything. You feel like you're not growing. You feel like you're not moving. You feel like you're out of the will of God. Understand this, that the roots, the root is continuing to nourish and the root is continuing to grow. And there will be a day when those green leaves will reappear and the fruit will come forth. And in closing, in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 8, <coughs> a very familiar passage of Scripture. It talks about, For he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Verse 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Don't give up, because the season that you're in now won't last. There's a new season that's coming. How many of you remember that song we used to sing, There's a new season coming your way? Amen. And if I knew any more of it, I'd sing it. But thank you. Uh, it'd be a blessing for you that I don't know it. Amen. But God is all about seasons. And I believe that, that God is saying that we're in a season, McCullough, that's going to be different. It's going to be things that are going to be different. God's going to begin to do different things. And, and maybe I need to preach this on Sunday morning. You, perhaps you will see things that you've not seen before. Perhaps you will see things that, that, that will, uh, will amaze you and some of it might even shock you. Because I was thinking about the other day, what does revival look like? It looks weird. It looks like out of the ordinary. It looks like something that we've not seen before. But see, God is doing some new things, and it's a new season. Recognize that we're in that season and ask God, what do I need to do to embrace this season that you've got me in? I don't want to miss one moment of it. Amen? Amen. All right, would you stand with me, please?
All right, tonight as we close with prayer, I want to pray for these that are on the prayer list. Just ask God to touch them and minister to them. And many others tonight that are, that are sick and dealing with uh, viruses and all kind of stuff. But God is bigger. God is able. So join with us tonight as we pray. And, and I'm going to call these names out and you can agree with me uh, in prayer as we ask God to touch them tonight. Father, we come, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you tonight, God, that there's nothing that's impossible with you. We thank you tonight, Father, that when we ask, we can receive. And when we seek you, we can find you. When we knock on the door, the door will be open, Father. Lord, we come tonight and we bring these needs. Shelly Burgess, we lift her up to you tonight. We pray for her mom, Miss, uh, Miss Betty Sue Fretwell, God. Lord, that you would touch them, Lord, God, during this time of sickness. We pray for Thomas Morris tonight. Father, you see, Father, his need tonight. Pray for Shane Reeves, God. Father, that you would have mercy on Shane, God, and touch him tonight, Father. We pray for the Lambert family. God, that you'd minister, God, to them tonight during their loss and during this time of bereaving. God, comfort them, Father. We pray tonight, God, for Ellen Snyder tonight, God, that you would touch her. Pray for Gary Teal, God, that you'd minister to him, Father. You know what he needs tonight. I ask you to touch him, Father. Pray for Amber tonight, God, that you'd strengthen her and bring healing to her. And Ashley, God, touch her tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus. Pray tonight, God, for uh, Nikki, God, Sister Gwen's daughter, Lord, that you would touch her tonight. God, as she looks to this surgery, God, we're just believing, Father, that your hand is already moving on her body, God, with healing in Jesus' name. We pray tonight for Mike and Greta, God, that family, Lord. You know what they need, Father. And, Lord, we're asking you tonight, God, to touch them in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray tonight, God, for Shane as he uh, comes home, Lord, the 23rd of this month. God, we're just thankful tonight for what you're doing in his life. We're grateful tonight for your mercy. God, what a picture of mercy, God, that Shane is, Lord. We just give you praise tonight, Father, God, for what you're doing and what you're going to do in his life, Father. God, we pray tonight for Brother John uh, Hammond, God, as he has cataract surgery, Lord, that you would just touch him, minister to him tonight, Father. And, Lord, we thank you tonight. We thank you for the season that we're in. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst, Lord. And, Father, tonight, bless us now as we leave this place. Bless these that are here tonight. God, let your grace rest upon us in your mercy, Father. Bless our families, our children, our homes, God, tonight. And, Lord, we'll give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.